Shut up and sit down. Episode 35 of No One Asked Us here recording this show Monday evening, October 11th. Playoff baseball is in full force and uh, it is fully October. I know we it was record it was October when we recorded last week as well, but like it just, it's really starting to feel like it. Granted, yeah. it's still like 80 degrees here half the time anyway. Uh, I don't know about down where you are, but that's how it is where I'm at. I'm Logan Lee. That's Craig Show. Um, episode 35. Don't forget to follow us on our various social media platforms. You can follow the show's pod or the show's Twitter at No One Asked Us Pod. I'm at uh, the Logan Lee. He's at he's at Craig W Choke. Uh, shoot us an email if you have something you want to talk about. No one asked us. 2021 at gmail.com. Feel free to give us a like, a follow, a share, all that good stuff. We haven't really uh, been doing a great job of um, pushing that, but I think uh, my I'll, I'll call him my executive producer, uh, Mr. Craig Schott, um has put in a lot of work to this show. So uh, <laughs> your support is uh, it's greatly appreciated, however that may be. Uh, those of you that do listen to us on a regular basis, thank you. Uh, I do know it has been addressed between the two of us. Our shows have gone really <laughs> long the last few weeks, really long. And we're going to try to do our best to uh, cut that down a little bit. I'm not saying we're going to get under an hour, uh, but uh, hopefully we're you know not pushing two hours like we had the last couple weeks. In fact, last week, I think we were at like 212. So yeah. uh, chapters are in the description. So in the event that we do go long, you can jump around to the things you do want to hear us talk about, uh, like in every show. Uh, but now that we got the housekeeping stuff out of the way. Craig, your weekend, was it good? I saw that you were enjoying the sweet life on yeah. Saturday. <laughs> Would you like to comment on the sweet life at, at Louisville? Yeah, that's might be the first suite that I've sat in. I was thinking about that earlier uh, this weekend or not while I was there, but like after the fact, uh, but yeah, I went to the Louisville game, Louisville, Virginia game Saturday, which was the same time as the Illinois game. So spoiler alert, I did not watch a second of Illinois versus Wisconsin, not Ooh. a single second. Um, a fan are you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we enjoyed the, that game. Had a, had a, connection that got us into a suite so it was nice with some food and and some shade it was like 88 degrees down here saturday like it was a summer it was a summer saturday it wasn't a fall saturday it was a summer saturday but but yeah it was fun until the last 10 minutes of the game every freaking football team that i follow and care about just lose it's awful (laughs) except for siu except for the salukis go dogs Um, go dogs yes you, uh, you, while you were there, you missed a, a heck of a Saturday in college football. I'm sure you did yeah. see some of it. Um, yeah. and we'll talk about that a little later on, but this was, this was one hell of a Saturday to be away from your TV. I will say that, uh, I was doing another productive week weekend around the house here, but I was able to catch quite a bit uh, of the games on Saturday and oh my goodness, it mm-hmm. was one of the craziest days in college football I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about that as we get a little further. Um, real quick moment of the week. Do you have anything? I do have something I want to talk about, but I'll, I'll let mm-hmm. you go ahead and take the floor. Uh, what, what was your moment of the week? Anything you want to highlight? Yeah, so I got a couple. I'll, um, I'll just say one right now in case you're going to talk about the other one because that's a possibility. 
Um, you know the name J.R. Smith? I, I do. Yeah. Amateur golfer. Smith? Yes. So J.R. Smith spent years in the NBA. He has since gone back to college and he is on the North Carolina A&T golf team. Like he is a collegiate athlete after spending 10 to 15 years in the NBA, NBA champion. I think he won NBA championship with the Cavaliers with LeBron. He, uh, he kicked off his college career this week. He, it's just the story is incredible. I love it. I know. He's like yes. 38 years old playing college golf. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. There's a video going around Twitter right now of a local uh, TV uh, sports guy like I used to be. Um, followed him around on his first round. He did not play well. I think he shot 12 over on his first round. Um, but he had a couple birdies and, and all that. It, it's just it's cool to me to see uh, a 38 year old former NBA player become a college athlete because he never went to college out of high school, right. he went straight to the league. So he still had his college eligibility. And it's just a fun, cool story. Go check it out and look up the video. It, it's really neat. What do you think J.R. Smith is most famous for? Oh, the the pass. The pass, the, that the was, non-pass with LeBron yeah. point at him for sure. Yeah, he's the, he's on the other end of that famous shot of LeBron. Uh, <laughs> yes, the pass. I was going to go with either that or the, him with the shirt off in the parade. Shirt off. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the other thing yeah. uh, for for Jr. Smith. So yeah, that's that's been an ongoing story here for a while. But yeah, the the golf season is is underway for him. So yeah, that's 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 really yeah, that's a really cool story. What was your other one you were going to talk about? I wonder if this is the same thing I had or not. Io's first week with the Bulls. Not my Bulls. same thing, but go on. Okay. Um, Io made his Bulls preseason debut. Uh, I think he scored eight points in the in the first game of the season. And then just last night, Sunday night, I think he hit two, not buzzer beaters, but two under a minute left in the clock jumpers and, and buckets to, to give the Bulls the win. So not getting a ton of minutes in the preseason, but um, he's been a part of a team and, and he's making plays. Um, the video, and I meant to do this today, but I got caught up in, in, um, in other stuff. Uh, might still do it later tonight. The one that won them the game was eerily similar to the Michigan yeah. in, in 2020 uh, at yeah. Michigan. It was like the exact same thing into the lane, up and under the defender, and then a little, just a little jumper kind of straight up over the defender. So um, that was my other one, Io playing and contributing to the Bulls for his first week, um, uh, in the NBA. So, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely something I thought about. I had one put jot, I jotted one down earlier in the week that, uh, thought was worth noting. And I, I don't want to bring up p- potential bad memories for you because this does involve <laughs> the, the St. Louis Cardinals game last Wednesday, but Juan Soto outfield, what are you doing? Are you just, <laughs> you're just trying to like hide yourself? Yeah. Washington Nationals outfielder Juan this Soto was cool. and their and the Nationals hitting coach Kevin Long uh, showed up to Dodger Stadium in Nationals jerseys. Yeah. Soto was wearing a Trey Turner jersey. Kevin Long was wearing a Max Scherzer jersey. Showed up sitting behind home plate for the wild card game with the yeah. Dodgers and the Nas- or Dodgers and the Cardinals uh, to see their former teammates Turner, obviously, and Scherzer traded to the Dodgers at the trade deadline. I thought that was just one of the coolest things, you know, you've, you see in a while, like that's just, yep. you don't see that and guys just don't show up to games like that um, in the playoffs. Most, you know, especially after the season, right after the season's over, they're trying to get away or trying to forget baseball or whatever the case. And, and they, sh- they were at Dodger stadium 
just to there to support their former teammates. So I thought that was really cool. I, granted, I know it didn't result in the the outcome of the game that you would have wanted, but uh, that happened last Wednesday night, and that was immediately something. I'm like, that's something that I want to highlight. That was pretty cool. And I feel like normally, if they are there, they're up in a suite, not right, in the front exactly. row, not so, in the front yeah, row. I, I agree with down you. There, it was cool. There's there's the video after the game of yeah. Scherzer and Turner going up to him and Scherzer having high fiving him through the fence and everything. And that yeah. was just pretty cool. So yep. anyway, uh, those are our moments of the week. Sometime maybe those will be sponsored. Um, but uh, <laughs> for right now, they are presented by nobody. Uh, let's talk football. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it was one hell of a Saturday in college football. Uh, we are unfortunately going to start with Illinois, a game that neither of us watched a game that neither of us really would have cared to watch. Uh, Illinois, who went into the game not as the favorite, um, but certainly people thought it might have been a a winnable game. Wisconsin hasn't played very well. Granted, they've played against some better competition than Illinois has, uh, but they weren't exactly a runaway favorite in this game. In fact, I know there were several pundits, I think you pointed it out on Twitter, that had picked Illinois to win that game. Or maybe they were picking against the spread. I don't know. Whatever the case may be. Desmond Howard and Kirk Herstreet picked them outright. Okay. Well, either way, uh, Illinois at home loses to Wisconsin 24 to nothing. Um, Listen, I didn't, I didn't watch the game. I didn't go back and watch the game. All I know is what I've seen from the box score and what I've seen across uh, Illinois Twitter and uh, the, the quarterback situation is a problem. Not only is the quarterback situation a problem though, we've raved, ranted and raved all season about this running game. And I'm looking at what happened. Do you know what happened with the fact that McCray and Brown combined for 11 carries? And they threw the ball 34 times. I know what, what happened. I know Chase Brown, at least Chase Brown, maybe the entire run game did not run. Illinois did not run the ball. I don't think, or Chase Brown didn't run the ball on their first two drives at all. Didn't touch it at all. 13 um, carries total 13. Yeah. Well, also I do know Wisconsin is the number one rush defense in the country. So establish the pass i guess but when you don't have a quarterback that can complete a pass it's not gonna work so so yeah it was kind of the recipe for disaster yeah it was it was bad um yeah illinois had 93 total yards um nine first downs uh and the two quarterbacks sikowski and peters combined to go 11 for 34 um in the air competing as i said completing 11 of those passes um, let's see this note that you put down here, 93 yards is the first time that Illinois has had less than a hundred yards in a game since 1977 in a yeah. game that they also played against. I assume they lost to Wisconsin. Yeah, Yikes, right. Craig. Yikes. Um, this is a problem. Illinois football. We, I mean, we haven't expected them to be great. Uh, Wisconsin certainly isn't the, the, the top of the big 10, like we thought they could have been at the beginning of the season, but this is bad. I mean, they the quarterback situation is a mess. I saw Bielema posted a tweet today that he was at some sort of recruiting at some sort of air force base. It looked like yeah. some sort of military base because they were military planes. So wherever he was going, I hope he was trying to find some sort of a quarterback because it is a mess in Champaign. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, you know, people up here in, in South Bend are, are bitching about the Notre Dame quarterback situation. Oh, and why, on, why are they not playing this, <laughs> this freshman over Jack Cohn and everything? And I'm like, y'all have nothing. You got nothing compared to what Illinois has right now. Like Illinois quarterback situation is a mess. It is yeah. two big 10 castoffs. Yep, they are trying exactly to, what I was gonna say. Like it is it is a Rutgers cast off and a Michigan cast off that they are trying to mm-hmm. make things work with, and it is just not working at all. It, Peters is the most frustrating because I feel like we've seen flashes. Oh, for sure. I feel like there have been moments, especially in his first year, there have been moments where we're like, Scott can sling it a little bit. Yeah. He's just and, and the did I go to three games? I don't even remember. Yeah, the three games that I went to to start the year, he just – I guess he only played in the first half. I don't know. What I've seen of Peters this year, he just – he doesn't know what to do. It's like he's scared in the pocket now, and I don't know if it's because he's had some injuries and he doesn't want to get hurt again or or he's just not seeing the field or was it Sam Darnold that NFL Films caught on Mike saying, I'm seeing ghosts out there. Remember that a couple of years ago? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what I'm getting from him. Like he just he's not picking up things the right way, or he's not re- going through his progressions and and reading them. I've compared him to Mitch Trubisky. He's worse than Mitch Trubisky. He's just oh for sure. He's not he's not competent back there no. right now. And Sitkowski, I thought looked serviceable when he was replacing Peters while he was injured a couple of games. Um, I mean, he led him to the win against Nebraska, and and he was slinging it around a little bit. But from when he, what he's done lately, I guess it was just Saturday. But he's no better, and I didn't I didn't like him when they when he committed here. I was like, really, that's that's who we're going after. He was the worst quarterback in football his freshman year. So the quarterback for next year is not on the roster. You got to go hit the transfer portal because none of the freshmen. There's not a freshman that's going to come out that you're going to sign at this point that's going to come in and play. So yeah, got to hit the transport portal hard. There's a couple of names out there already. Jokingly, Saturday, um, the group message I'm in, I, th- I threw it out there. And don't take this seriously whatsoever. But Oklahoma might be making a quarterback change. So there might be a quarterback <laughs> available. All right. <laughs> All right. Back it up. Back it up. Uh, no, yeah, they, they certainly need to go out and find somebody. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody already on campus. Maybe Andre Corbello could play quarterback um, for all I know. I don't know. Either way, they got to adjust to that. They got to fix that situation. It's a mess. Um, Illinois falls to two and five on the season. They're one and three in the conference. They are off this week. Um, Thank God. And then, and then they go to Penn State for the just announced noon kickoff. It'll be on ABC. Prime, not prime time. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, something I used to. You were I just said a line on ABC. Yuck. Yuck. Or, or yeah. Yikes. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, kickoff next Saturday. That's the twenty third at noon uh, at Penn State. Penn State, who is now the number seven ranked team in the country, we'll talk about here them here in a bit. Uh, but Illinois off this week. Um, so we'll move on from them because I'm tired of it talking about Illinois football. Yep. Illinois football. Uh, other Big Ten scores. Uh, it was a fun weekend of football, uh, as I talked about earlier. Uh, in several, a few of those games, especially one of them, a couple of them in particular, were were in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan State won at Rutgers, so they are uh, they're continuing their streak of 
uh, an undefeated season. Ohio State won uh, at home, took down Maryland by a lot, 66-17. In a thriller in Lincoln, uh, Jim Harbaugh and company, Michigan snuck out a win Mm -hmm. uh, in the last last minute or two uh, on Saturday night, uh, beating Nebraska 32 to 29. So Michigan also remains undefeated on the season. And then the big one, Iowa, Iowa hosted Penn state, uh, the four o'clock game on Fox on Saturday. That was another thriller, man. Iowa, Iowa got the win that I said they needed and they, they did it 23 to 20 over Penn state. Um, so Iowa, Michigan and Michigan state are all unbeaten in the conference yet. I think Ohio state and Penn state are their two best shots to probably make the playoff, but that's a conversation that we'll have a little bit down the road. So, um, those were the scores from around the big 10. Let's go to our big 10 power rankings. Um, as we always do, I want to see. Last, I, I looked at this as the schedule last week. There was a lot of big games. A lot of the big, the Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan were all in action last week. This coming week, the slate is not nearly as exciting. Yeah. Um, so for me, I didn't have a lot of change, a lot of movement at the bottom because most of those teams didn't play. Uh, and then I had a little bit of movement um, in the middle and towards the top. So let's start at the bottom real quick. Uh, did you have much movement at the bottom at all? Um, do you want a spoiler alert? Sure. I didn't change anything. Not a single thing. Not a single thing. You Not just a single didn't, thing. A, didn't, you didn't get around to it. Did you? No, I did. I oh. just, I don't think <laughs> the results impacted the standings because okay. Ohio state, Iowa, Penn state, Michigan, Michigan state, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Those are my top seven. And they all performed about how I expected. Iowa beat Penn State, who I already had above Penn State. So I'm going to leave them there. Michigan didn't play well enough to jump either of them. Right. Um, Michigan State is undefeated. Nebraska lost. Wisconsin beat Illinois. Like, I just didn't see any result that warranted a change. So my 1 through 14 are exactly the same as last week. That's totally fair. Um, I did change some things. So the one thing that I would have um, changed would have been this 13, 14. I didn't change that. I would have put Illinois um, at 14. If I did, I, I left it as it is just because Northwestern still doesn't have a conference win, although they were off this week. So um, my 10 through 14 is the same as it was last week. Okay. Uh, Northwestern 14, Illinois, 13, Rutgers, 12, Purdue, 11, Indiana, 10. Um, only two of those teams played this week. They both lost. I left everything as it was. Then I have some movement. Um, the biggest movement for me, and I'm still not totally sure about this. I don't know if it was totally justified because of who they played, but I did move Wisconsin back up a couple spots. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see more as the season goes along where they really sit. Um, but I do think just based on who they've played, who their losses, I do think they're better than what we've seen so far but I'm not totally convinced uh, either way. I did move them up. So I have Minnesota sitting at nine now and Maryland moving or sitting at eight. Um, both of those moving down a spot. And then I have Wisconsin at seven moving up two. Um, then I have six, five and four, all the same. I have Nebraska six, Michigan state, Michigan, all even as they were last week. And then I switched one and three. I moved Penn state to the three spot, Ohio state to the two. And I have Ohio, Iowa, a one. Um, I don't know that I was the best team in the conference. I think it's yeah. probably still Ohio state, but yeah. Iowa did is still undefeated and they did just beat Penn state. So for that reason, I moved them to my one spot. 
So one through 14, I have Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Maryland, Minnesota, Indiana, Purdue, Rutgers, Illinois, and Northwestern. So for those that that didn't listen last week, I'll run through mine since we might have some first time listeners here. Go ahead. Um, I'll go 14 to one. I'll go backwards. Uh, Northwestern 14, 13, Illinois, Indiana 12, Purdue 11. At 10 is Rutgers, Minnesota 9, Maryland 8, Wisconsin 7, Nebraska 6, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, and Ohio State. We're, we have a few that are different, but we're, we're almost we're – almost That's what I was going to say. It, it's yeah. starting to – you're starting to see the, the tiers. I think there's three yeah. really oh, good sure. ones, three really good ones, three pretty like right there with Michigan, Michigan State, and I think Nebraska – Probably four. We'll put Wisconsin in there. And then eight through 14 is just a crapshoot. Any team could right. be good one week. Any team could right. be awful one that same week. Right. Yep. I agree. I agree. So uh, let's move on to uh, – oh, goodness. What do we want to talk about? Um, so last week, as I talked – we'll talk about some of these bigger games uh, because there yeah. were a few of them outside of the Big Ten. Um, yeah. The two biggest ones – the number one team in the country, Alabama, who everybody thought was going to run the table on this season, went to College Station on Saturday night and lost to Texas A&M, who isn't ranked, one of the worst teams they've had in a while, and they beat Nick Saban and the Tide. Did you set, Did you catch any of this game? Did you get home in time I to did. watch any of these late games? Yes, I got home. Wow. Yes, yes. Wow. The late window, late window was fantastic. It was fantastic. There was like four games on at once. Yes. I was like, I, was I don't flipping, know where to go. I was flipping back and forth. Plus, there was baseball on too. Yeah, like there's all these great college football games and in baseball playoffs are on at the same time. I was, I was, um, I was a mess. Um, so yeah, Alabama. Um, I still think they're the best team in the country, or if not, they're probably the second best team in the country. Um, I think Georgia obviously has something to say about this, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's out of the question for Alabama to run the table and then beat Georgia in the final, in the SEC championship. And then, you know, they're back in the playoff. So either way, Alabama loses. They are now uh, not undefeated. And now they are not the number one team in the country. Where do they drop to like six or something like that? Something five, I think five, probably lower than what they should be, but either way they did lose. And as thrilling of a game as that was, and that Iowa Penn State was, and then Michigan Nebraska was, oh my goodness, Oklahoma and Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas was up. This is the game. This is the Red River rivalry. This was played in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl Stadium. Oklahoma, undefeated, ranked in the top five or six or whatever they were going into the game, was down 28 to seven. After the first quarter, Craig, 28 to seven, I was watching this game, not all, not at every second of it, but I, I had this game on. They were down 28 to seven. The last like six minutes of this game were incredible television, just absolutely incredible television. And Oklahoma ended up pulling it off and beating Texas 55 to 48 after trailing 28 to seven after the first quarter. They won that game 55 to 48. I know that the other game was the big upset of the day. Number one going down, but that game 
that was that was the game for me. Like that was the most exciting game of the day. So uh, big day for college football. Um, and that's going to lead us into the conversation that we started last week about this whole college football tier thing that I kind of started yeah. doing. And I've altered it a little bit. I kind of had some discussions um, off off the air um, with a, a collaborator of mine that I will just refer to as my father. And um, Tim Lee, big fan oh, of the show. You didn't talk friend, about friend the, the Roosevelt belt. Oh yeah, the belts. The belt is gone. It's out of. It's out of Alabama. Texas A and M now has the Roosevelt belt. So Alabama no longer. It it will leave Tuscaloosa. It'll head to College Station. I don't know who Texas A and M plays next. I'm looking up right um, now. So it's probably a good thing that we figure out what the belt's going to do. Missouri uh, this week. At so Missouri Texas A and M. Texas A and M plays Missouri and then South Carolina and then Auburn and then Ole Miss. So we'll just have to see what happens to the belt. Now it's, it's very intriguing to see where the belt ends up this year because it was looking like it was going to be Alabama's all the way until they potentially lose in the sec championship or the potentially the playoff or whatever. But uh, yeah, the belt is now in the hands of Texas A&M. So as I mentioned, I was talking to my dad about this and we were, I was kind of, not necessarily changing how I'm doing this a little bit, but more or less figuring out who's still alive and who's not. I think that's really what this comes down to. Yes, I still have it as a tiered system, but I think it's more important to talk about who is no longer in the picture. Because um, as we talked about last week, it's pretty much once you hit the four, the two losses, um, if you're in a group of or power five, if you hit two losses, you're done. Uh, if you're a group of five, once you get a loss, you're done. It just kind of depends on the situation. Uh, I think there were four big teams that did drop out last this past week. Not that any of the four of them really had a shot, um, but they're no longer really in the mix at this point. That's Auburn, Texas, BYU, and Arkansas. I think those four teams, again, none of them really had a shot, but they now all have their second loss. BYU has their first loss. Uh, those four teams are done. So the way I see it, I have eight teams that I feel like are still really in the mix for this. I think that's really what it comes down to. I think it's um, Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, uh, and Michigan who are all undefeated and then Alabama, Penn state, and Ohio state. I think those are probably, I, I think that the four playoff teams will come from those, from those eight um, behind them. There's the tier of four power five schools that are still undefeated. Uh, Michigan state, Oklahoma state, Kentucky, and wake forest. Can't rule them out until they lose a game. Uh, and so far, none of those four schools have lost a game. Uh, and then from there, there's about uh, 12 or so teams um, that are still alive, I would say, uh, but they're not realistic uh, chances. Um, you know, Notre Dame's in that mix. Uh, there's some some of the smaller conference schools that aren't actually going to be a sh- out of shop, but they still haven't lost a game yet. And then you have like one loss Arizona State, one loss NC State, that type stuff. Oregon's still kind of alive, I think, at this point. Uh, not likely. As I said, I think the four teams come from that group of eight at the top. But uh, either way, uh, Auburn, Texas, BYU, and Arkansas, probably the most notable um, that fell this week out of the mix for the playoff. So my question to you before we move on, mm-hmm. what do you think the chances are that the, what the college football playoff this year is two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams? Slim. Because realistically – Outside of the Big Ten and the SEC, you're looking at Cincinnati, who will likely run the table, mm-hmm. but will that be enough for the committee to get them in? Um, and then you're looking at Wake Forest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you're looking at Oregon, maybe Arizona State. 
I, I mean, there's there's not a lot of other options here. I don't really know where else it would go. If it's, I guess Oklahoma. Oklahoma's Oklahoma is in the mix. Yeah. 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 So Oklahoma. Oklahoma is is probably the biggest chance to play spoiler there, I would say. Um, but if they lose a game, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't rule this out. I think this is certainly, I think this is certainly as strong of a candidate, strong of yeah. a possibility as we've ever seen to have um, only two well, conferences represented in the four. Yeah. I mean, I guess because, well, it would be the same situation. It would be the one loss team, Ohio state and Alabama would beat the undefeated team, Iowa and Georgia in the conference championship. Right. And then those four would be in the, in the playoff. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised. I still think it'll be one sec champion, one big 10 champion, Oklahoma, Oregon, or Cincinnati. I I think Oregon probably runs the table. I think Oregon runs the table. And then you really think think that the sec and the big 10 are only going to get one team each. I no, I don't think that at all. I, I don't do, think it's. I don't I, think it'll necessarily be two and two, but I think, I think one of those will get one. We'll get two teams in. I think Georgia beats uh, Alabama in the SEC championship, so that would give Alabama two and knock them out. Um, and then I think when Ohio State beats Iowa, or Iowa stumbles before they get to Ohio State, and then Ohio State beats Iowa and wins the Big Ten. Okay. I well, we'll see. I would go out on a limb and say Ohio State and Georgia are locks for the college football. I don't think anyone's beaten Ohio State again. You say Ohio Ohio State and Georgia are locks. Interesting. Okay. I don't see either of them losing the rest of the year. So I mentioned I have that second tier, mm-hmm. those four unbeaten teams. Would you put Oregon in that tier too? Yeah. Even though they have one loss? Yeah. Okay. Just curious. All right. So there's where we are with that. Um we will keep an eye on that as the season progresses and we'll find some things out this weekend. I'm sure some other teams will drop out and uh, so on. Oh, Craig, you want to talk about uh, your picks last week? No, talk about yours. Mm, hmm. I don't think I missed any undefeated. Did I really go 11 and 0? That's what I, that's I, so, I mean, I, I know that I was, I hadn't missed for a while, I was keeping an eye on it. I hadn't checked it, but I looked at this today when you put this together, and I've uh, I've pulled away from you, man. Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State, Iowa, and Michigan. Those are your Big Ten picks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then SIU pulled off the upset. Yep. Arizona State, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Georgia, and Notre Dame. Good day to I'm, be me. That's undefeated. Good day to be so, me. So I, I don't think I ever told you this. The first four, three or four weeks we were doing this, when I was going through Indiana and Illinois, I can't place a, a bet in Kentucky. So as right. soon as I would get into Indiana, I'd start browsing through. I mean, so I do the picks here, and then I'm also in an NFL Pick'em League with all my friends. I would put a $1 parlay on every pick money line that we picked here and that I picked there. And I, one week, whatever week it was, I went like 15 and two. I was like, oh my God, because a $1 parlay for 15, 16 picks nets thousands even. So what would I have got had I put a $1 parlay on my 11 teams? 
I, I can look it up. I did not, but I could have looked. I could. You look need it up to. You need to figure you. this out for me because yeah. I would like to know how much I'm going to regret that decision <laughs> to not do that. Um, because yeah, I I did not miss last week. So uh, in our head to head, I have definitely pulled away from from Craig. I'm up 70, yeah. 75 and twenty three. He's at sixty nine and twenty nine. Uh, after what was this? This was week six. So. Um, yeah, that's fun. All right, let's move on to our picks for this week. Hopefully, uh, Craig can close the gap on me a little bit, but he probably won't. Uh, before we make the picks, you just alluded to it. Southern Illinois, the Salukis, uh, went to South Dakota State and pulled off the upset. Mm-hmm. That was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I did catch very into that, too. Um, Nick Hill has a good football team in Carbondale. Uh, this is the best football team they've had in a long time. I saw yeah. that. What are they? They're number three in the country right now in the FCS four in the country Four. Mike Reese tweeted earlier that the last mm-hmm. time they were number four was in 2010. That was uh, the year that they had just opened up Saluki stadium. Yep. Um, that was my sophomore year on campus. And uh yeah, so that was the last time Southern had a team that was top four in the country. Uh, it's yeah. been a minute, been a minute since then. Um, wow, it's been over 10 years since then. Yeah. Man, we're old. Uh, but yeah, Southern Southern wins at South Dakota State. So now they are 5-1, and one, ranked number four in the country. And they host, this is homecoming in Carbondale this weekend, they host North Dakota who is ranked number 22 in the country. This is not North Dakota state. This is North Dakota. They're two and three. So we're going to start our picks this week with the dogs in North Dakota. Craig, are you taking Southern or are you going to pull the upset and get all the booze? (laughs) I did that last week and it didn't work. Hmm. Um, Saturday. I was, it was on again, same time as the Louisville game. So I'm sitting, I'm getting score updates um, through ESPN. And I was so confused because I got a score update that it was 35-28 South Dakota State. And then I got another one. It was 35-29 South Dakota State. And then I got a tied at 35 heading to overtime. I was like, wait, wait, what? What is going on here? And then like 10 minutes later, I finally got ESPN3 to work and they were celebrating on the field. So. Unfortunately, did not get to watch any of it, but I was very confused until I pulled up the stream finally and saw that they had won in overtime. Huge win. Oh, huge win. Love that win. Especially revenge after the playoff loss last year that SIU yeah. should have won last year. Um, I'm taking SIU. Taking SIU um, at home, homecoming. North Dakota State has – or not North Dakota State, luckily. North Dakota has really fallen in the rankings. Um, they're still ranked somehow at two and three. Um, but I think they were a top 10 team at some point uh, earlier this year. But give me the dogs. I will take Southern as well. I will continue to take Southern until they give me a reason to stop picking them. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've said that every week. Uh, probably. I probably picked them to beat Kansas State, too, just for the hell you of did. it. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm going to keep doing it. And uh, hopefully they continue to treat me, treat me well. Uh, so we're both going to pick Southern. Uh, the rest of these national games are not nearly as exciting as they were last week. Uh, I was looking, I'm just looking through the schedule now to see if you just like missed, just skipped any like intentionally, but no, like these are so. just some bad <laughs> games. Um, so NC state 
at Boston College. This is a battle of two four and one teams in the ACC. Um, at this point, two of the better teams in the ACC. Conference is pretty much trash this year since Clemson sucks. Uh, NC State or Boston College? Craig, who are you taking? Oh, man. NC State's a road favorite. Uh, I'll I'll go with NC State. I don't know. I'll take the Wolfpack, though. Okay. All I know is Boston College comes to Louisville on the 23rd, and we're going to that one, too, I think. Oh, great. Good for you. Uh, I will also take NC State. Um, Know nothing about them, but I know that they are fighting for their lives, hoping that they can maybe somehow squeak into the playoff. Don't think it's happening. No. Uh, but uh, they're they got about a good, as good of a chance as anybody in that conference, other than maybe Wake Forest. So I will take NC State as well. Um, in the Pac-12, Oklahoma State goes to Texas. Uh, Oklahoma State still unbeaten. They're five and zero on the season, ranked number twelve in the country. Texas, who we just talked about, lost the thriller uh, to Oklahoma. They are now ranked twenty fifth at four and two. Who are you taking, Texas at home or Oklahoma State? This is probably the toughest one of the bunch. Texas is a favorite. I'm looking at it right here. Five and a half point favorite Texas is at home. Don't know what Oklahoma State's got. I've picked Texas every time they've been on the show. So, and they've lost both times that we've picked them on the show, but um, I'll, I'll pick them again. (laughs) Give me, give me Texas. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, I will also take Texas. Or did you take, did you, you took Texas, right? Is that I what you just Texas. said? Yeah. yeah. I will also take Texas. Um, I promise I'm not just trying to match everything you do. Um, we might have yeah, the same I, picks this week. It's very possible we do, uh, which means I'll keep my lead. Um, okay. Arizona State, who other than Oregon is, is about the best the Pac-12 has to offer this year. Um, they go to Utah can't believe that this is one of the games we're picking, but Arizona state at Utah. Do you think Arizona state keeps their, uh, their hopes alive at five and one, or do you think they fall to Utah? I'm trying to get one game from every conference and some weeks it's just slim pickings. Um, no, Arizona state. Yeah. Arizona state. They're only a one point favorite, only a one point favorite. So the line is a little sketchy, but yep. Arizona state. I will take them as well. And then this one is, this is the big one. This is I never would have imagined in a college football pick'em like we're doing here that Kentucky would be playing in arguably the biggest, not even arguably the biggest game of the day. Yeah, uh, Kentucky, who still hasn't lost a game, now ranked number eleventh in the country. Uh, this is football, mind you, that we're talking about, not basketball. <laughs> Um, is going to Georgia, who previously we mentioned is still is now the number one team in the country after Alabama lost. So. Georgia at home, or are you picking the upset? Does Kentucky knock off number one, and the number one team falls for the second week in a row? So both teams undefeated, 6-0. Correct. Kentucky's ranked 11th in the country. Georgia's number Correct. one. I Take a guess that. at what the line is. Three touchdowns. Georgia minus 23 and a half. Yeah. yeah. For an almost top 10 matchup. Yeah. That's incredible. Georgia, they might cover it's yeah. not going to be close. No. Yeah. I'll take Georgia as well. Um, so we are identical throughout the national slate. I'm going to guess that we're going to be identical throughout the big 10 slate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin in a non-conference affair hosts army. 
Uh, Army, who is four and one on the season, and Wisconsin, who we've talked about several times already on this show, that I'm not sure how good they are. Um, but either way, that game is on Saturday night. Who are you taking, Wisconsin or Army? Wisconsin. Yeah, I will take Wisconsin as well. I think they're they are better than uh, their record shows. Rutgers goes to Northwestern, a couple of bottom feeders from the conference, not the bottom feeders, but a couple of them. Um, Rutgers on the road or Northwestern? Rutgers. I'm going to take Rutgers as well. I promise <laughs> I'm not trying to do this. I have already done these ahead of time. They are highlighted. I can show you. I'm not changing anything. I'm not just trying to keep my be- lead. Although I believe you this week. Okay. Well, these games suck. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska goes to Minnesota. Now this is inter- an interesting one. Cause these are a yeah. couple teams that I don't think anybody really knows how good they are. Yep. Um, we've kind of been up and down on Nebraska. We've kind of been up and down on Minnesota. Minnesota is the home team. Uh, are you going to take Nebraska or are you going to take Minnesota at home? Um, I've been high on Nebraska ever since they lost to Illinois. I I'm going to take Nebraska, but Minnesota was my preseason team. <laughs> so, but I, I'm going to take Nebraska. I think they're playing pretty good football. They've recovered. So give me the Huskers. I have Nebraska highlighted. I'm considering picking Minnesota just so we have some sort of diversity this year, this week. (laughs) Um, I'll pick Minnesota. I'll change my pick. Row the boat. I'll row the boat. Um, I think Nebraska is the better team. Um, I do think they are better than what we saw against Illinois. Uh, But just for the sake of content and for to maybe expand, then my lead a little bit, I will switch it up and take the Gophers. And then the two ranked teams for the Big Ten that are in action this week, Minnesota or Mich- sorry, Michigan State goes to Indiana. Uh, Michigan State undefeated, still ranked number 10 in the country. Nobody saw this coming. No. In fact, if you told me at the beginning of the season that one of these teams would be ranked 10th in the country and the other one would be unranked, I think most people probably would have predicted the other way around, though yeah. I don't think anybody was that high on Indiana, but as their season went last year, that's how yeah. it would have gone. So uh, Michigan State on the road to go to 7-0, and or do you, are you taking the upset? Do you remember what I said last week for the Rutgers-Michigan State game? No. I wanted, to pick, I wanted to pick Rutgers. Because the Michigan State thing has to end eventually. But I looked at their schedule while I was picking, and I saw this game. I was like, nope, that's yeah. where it ends. Yeah, okay. Their ne- Michigan State's next game is Michigan, but there is a bye week. So I don't know if that's still considered a trap game because their next game is against Michigan, but it's not next week. But Indiana at home coming off of a bye, I'm going to take the Hoosiers on Saturday. Okay. Well, then I probably didn't need to change my. Answer. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I, take Michigan. I knew that while you were thinking about it, I knew I was gonna pick Indiana. Yeah. Like, oh, I can. Yep. I could get two games. I remember you <laughs> uh, teasing that last week. Now that I say that, uh, I will take Michigan State. Um, I, I see what you're saying. I do think that's certainly a possibility. Um, I don't know that this Michigan State team is for real, but I do think they're better than Indiana. Um, And I think that they will remain undefeated and win in Bloomington on Saturday. And then the last one, Big Ten, is Iowa, who is now the number two team in the country, hosting Purdue. 
any chance that Iowa um, falls here and gets brought back to life? Or do you think they ride the high from the win at Penn, win over Penn State and get another one against Purdue? No, Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. I will take Iowa as well. I think that's inevitable. Although I've said stupider things before. Um, all right, so those are our picks. Uh, Craig will put those together and our um, support team will throw them up on our Twitter and our intern will uh, get that That's out all for one you. person for those listening. <laughs> That's all one person. We have an intern. We have a support team. We have a sales staff. We have all of it. Just kidding. We have none of it. Uh, all right, we've talked about football long enough. Craig, basketball yeah. season is so close. There yep. will be ex- exhibition games being played at State farm center later this month um are you excited are you excited as i am i need a i need a break from yeah. this illinois basketball illinois football garbage yeah i'm getting there like yeah seeing the videos of practices and stuff i'm getting there really close for yeah. sure it's uh it's 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 getting close it's getting close i don't have the schedule up in front of me but i do know as i said they do have a couple of exhibition games at least at home uh in october so those won't be long um, not really a lot to talk about Illinois basketball wise, but I do think we want to start preview previewing the season a little bit, uh, each episode. So, um, I mean, we, we had kind of talked about, you know, maybe just trying to talk about what the rotation might look like this year. Um, you know, obviously I think we know, you know, other than Kofi Coburn and I assume Curbelo and Trent Frazier, I assume those three will be starting. Um, after that, I, I don't think it's necessarily set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go off of last year, uh, DeMonte and, uh, Jacob Grandison would likely be the other two, but I, mm-hmm. I as I said, I, I don't think that that's necessarily set. Um, there's a lot of other guys in the mix now plumbers in the mix. Uh, I don't think he starts. Um, I think you could consider Coleman Hawkins, a potential here. Uh, Hutcherson might be a potential here. Uh, Omar Payne probably doesn't start, but I think he, you know, talent wise might be, you know, if you're looking for who are your five best players, he might certainly be in that mix. But uh, I mean, what do you what do you see this rotation shaking out to start this to start this year? Any any surprises do you see? No, um, and I've actually had a a note in my phone kept like all off season of what I think the starting rotation would be, starting lineup, and then kind of the bench rotation. And I've had since everyone announced they were coming back, I've had Curbelo, Frazier. Williams, Grandison, and Kofi as the five starters. Yeah. Um, I've gone back and forth with Williams and Plummer as the as a starter because wasn't it last year that he yeah, last year he took DeMonte out of the starting lineup and threw Grandison in. And that's when things really started to take off with DeMonte coming off the bench. So I could see that happening again, but I also think that Plummer would be the perfect spark plug off of the bench. Yeah. Because everything I've read and seen uh, this off season is about how good of a shooter he is and how he can just fill it up. So bring him in six, seven minutes into the game and get some, get some buckets and, and he would be really good off the bench. Um, I, yeah. Those are my five starters. I don't know if we want yeah. to do that first and then talk about rotation later, but no, I, I agree. I think that that's at least how the season will start. Yeah. Um, I, I believe, I think I'm just predicting. I agree with you about Plummer. I think the Plummer and Omar Payne are going to be two very key bench pieces. 
Yeah. The two X factors in terms of what is your consistent starting five, I think are probably Coleman Hawkins and Austin Hutcherson. I think both of them could be great and really fit well into that mix. I think that either of them could falter and maybe not even play. So mm-hmm. um, I think those are the real two that might uh, jump into that. I don't think it's as likely. I think they at least will start this season with that five we had both mentioned. Um, but, you know, they, they got they got some some depth. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think that's going to be a strength for this team. And I, I saw that, you know, early in the offseason, like this team doesn't have depth and all this stuff. And I, I don't buy that. Like, I think there's definitely depth there. You know, everybody is obviously looking into the fact that that Iodasumu is not there anymore, which is certainly something to be concerned about if you're going to be concerned about anything. But, you know, saying that there's not depth on this team, I think that's just that's that's just wrong. I think. Mm-hmm. Would you yeah, agree? I think it I think the first half of the year, there's probably uh I'll say a 10 man rotation. The five starters with Plummer, Payne, Hawkins, Hutcherson, and then some combination of Bossmans, Verdonk, Melendez, and Goody. I don't yeah. see Podzimski or Lieb making any kind of contributions this year. So right. I see five starters, four consistence off the bench, and then one other piece depending yeah. on what they need. But then I think towards the Big Ten, I think it gets down to like an eight and then nine if if necessary yeah um by the by the end of the season i agree i think that'll be that's likely how it's gonna shake out as well um they'll have some time to figure it out uh two exhibition games and then a couple of um you know lesser opponents in november uh but then i think then things pick up a little bit so they'll need to get the games figured out those early games in this november december slate and I know as soon as you play a game, you burn your red shirt. But if they're not planning on red shirting these freshmen, uh, get them in, like because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna win these games. Get Podzimski, Goody, Melendez, even Lee. Get them in there. Kofi yeah. doesn't need to play 35 minutes against Jackson State or no. whoever Prairie View A and M, whoever they're playing. Right. Like let them rest. Get these guys in there. Get them some experience in case you need them later in the yeah. year. I don't I think agree. they do that enough. No. I agree. Um, so yeah, Illinois basketball four four or so weeks away. Uh, two exhibition games coming up here later this month, uh, October twenty third and October 29th. and then the regular season will kick off on uh, November 9th against Jackson State. We did get some TV um, TV stations or whatever uh, assignments, I guess is the oh, word. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, game times for some of these. And I think it was Brett Barons that that pointed out, and I hadn't even thought about it, but. Illinois has a Sunday CBS game lined yeah. up on the schedule already. Like that, that hasn't happened in years yeah. outside of the big 10 championship game, but that game at Michigan uh, on Sunday, February 27th will be the third to the last game of the season uh, has been assigned to CBS. So that's, that's going to be a fun one. Um, yeah. I just thought about that too. Yes. Go on. <laughs> Speaking of Michigan. Yes. <laughs> Do we want to address started. Hunter Dickinson? I, yeah, I think it's fair. Go ahead. I think I think he's spot on. Honestly, I think he is too. I think he's got a point. Illinois think, fan base, is, and I tweeted it. The Illinois fan base is bonkers. They yeah, think they're due. I agree, and they're not. I agree. I will. I will say this. In his defense, yes, I think you're right. Um, and Illinois basketball has not had um, the run that they were known for since. I mean, Hunter Dickinson was probably watching college basketball. Yes. So yes. I do think that Illinois fans 
Illinois fans know the history. They know, you know, that Illinois is one of the top power many winningest college basketball programs. So that's what they're going off of. Yes. Um, but as far as Hunter Dickinson is concerned, that hasn't been the case. Yeah. So I don't think he was wrong to say that. I think it fires up the fan base. I think it fires up maybe even the players, although he really, he was very adamant about not bashing any of the players. He was just yes. saying that the fan base is kind of annoying. Yeah. Um which I mean that that's all fair. 100% true. <laughs> it's it's totally true. Although I mean I I don't think that either of us disagree that they Illinois shouldn't have had the Big Ten title uh, this this past season. Um, but uh, that's a different conversation for a different day. We've already covered that several times on the show. Uh, Illinois basketball about four weeks away, so we're gonna have plenty to talk about with that, and we can finally move on from football. Um, let's see. Let's check on our time. We're, we're doing okay. We got, we got some time here. Let's talk a little bit of baseball. Um, I don't want to get into specifics on tonight's game because by the time this show comes out, right. Um, these other two games will be over. Um, right. but did you want, you, were you watching football or baseball last night? Um, because if you're watching football, you missed a couple more, of dandies. more baseball, more baseball. Um, so one, once, once the rain delay at half at halftime of the football game happened and the bills kind of took control, I turned off football and watched baseball. Yeah. Um, the, the Rays Red Sox game. I did not see that. Did you see this, this play or this event that happened in this game last night? So I, I was on Twitter and everyone was freaking out about it. Everyone was talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And I, no one tweeted a video. I never saw the video until today. Okay, so I will just kind of explain what happened. It's the 13th inning. The Rays were tied at whatever the score was. Um, the Rays have a runner on first base. And Kevin Kiermeyer, Parkland College grad, who got, Parkland got a shout out in a game earlier in the playoffs. Um, Kiermeyer hit a ball to, I believe it was right field. Yep. The ball ricocheted off the wall, went off of Hunter Renfro, I believe, yep. was playing right field, bounced off of him, and then over the wall. So at the time, I believe it was Yandy Diaz who was on first, was more than far enough. He was going to score on this play regardless to, to give Tampa the lead for the first time in however many innings. It then gets called a ground rule double and he has to return to third base and Kiermaier has to stay at second base. And then the Red Sox get the, the next out. And then they go on to the next half inning and, and walk it off and it's over. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the call really should have been. I think um, it was correct. I think it was correct. I think the problem though, is there seems to be some sort of interpret how you interpret what the call is for Yandy Diaz in that situation. The runner coming from first because I, I don't know. I'm not a baseball rules expert. I know there are plenty of Twitter people that think they are. Um, I, I thought it was the right call from the beginning and I didn't understand why we were making a big deal about it. Now we were making a big deal about it because it was a very unfortunate thing to happen for Tampa because yeah. ultimately now they're down two to one in the series. If they lose tonight, they're, they're done. Um, so very unfortunate way for them to go out if that's how their season ends. I do think it was probably the right call, 
Um, though, as I said, there still seems to be some open interpretation of, of what it was actually supposed to happen there. Um, but either way, a bad blow for them um, in the 13th inning to to lose like that. That was uh, that was a heartbreaker. And now Boston has a 2-1 lead and, and could could take the series tonight. Um, I think I saw Jeff Passan was tweeting out a bunch of rules screenshots. Yeah. And even though had he passed third or just second? I think he I don't, had just passed. I don't second. remember. I don't, I don't remember. think he ever got to third by the time it went over the wall. I don't think. But people were like, all right, he had already passed second. So it's two bases from there, which would be home. I don't, but that's you, not you the can't, rule. Yeah. You, that's what the rule says. You can't, this isn't the correct verbiage, but in my layman's terms, you can't assume anything. So that's why he gets two bases from the base he was on, because if he gets around second, like he could fall and break his leg or something and not score. So you can't assume. So that's why yeah. they go from the base that you were on when the play started instead of the base that you had rounded and claimed or whatever. Yeah. So it was the it's right call. It just sucks. It's definitely not something that happens very often um, for sure. It's, it's a scenario you don't see too much. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, that was crazy. Uh, and then the other game last night, the White Sox um, got past the Astros. There was some drama after the game uh, with, yeah. with former Cub um, or no, who was it? Yeah, yeah it was Tapera. It was uh, Ryan Tapera, uh, former MVP vote getter, uh, making comments <laughs> that the Astros were the Astros were were cheating um, again at home using some of the sticky stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna chime into that. I don't know what's going on. Although I will point out, this is just. I'm on. I have the the postseason bracket pulled up on MLB.com, and they have the Astros already advancing into the ALCS, which what? isn't accurate because they still have to play another game that was supposed to be played tonight that it's been postponed because of the weather that uh, our area is getting in as it gets really dark outside my window. Um, so yeah, we're not going to talk about these these other games because they're happening. Atlanta already won one today. Um, so now they go up two to one, but these other games will go on tonight. So by the time this actually comes out, uh, you will already know these outcomes. So how do you, uh, your picks, how, how did we, how have we done on our picks? I know I picked the White Sox and the Dodgers. Yes. So they're still alive. You, yeah. Your Yankees are done. Yankees did you are done. Pick, yeah. Did you pick the Yankees to go or did you pick? No, I had, I have the Rays winning it all which oh, I'm not okay. That's right. confident in anymore because no, they're facing no. elimination. But, no. uh, yeah, I have raise over Brewers who are both facing elimination in their next game. Yeah. So. All right. Well, good good for us. Uh, I love playing thanks, baseball. Thanks for not making me talk about Wednesday night. I appreciate it. I'm Let's not going to make you talk about Wednesday night. Although, do you want to talk about Adam Wainwright in the booth last night? Fantastic. Oh, my God. Great. So good. He was great. Um, all right. So real quick, we're actually doing really good on time, Craig. I, I will admit, like, we are, we're like at the hour mark right now. So like, cause we don't want to talk about Illinois football. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about it. So we have some time to talk about some of this other stuff that we, we were afraid we may or may not get to uh, real quick. I do want to talk about a movie um, that came out last week. The, the fifth installment in the Daniel Craig, James Bond saga, no time to die. Final this movie, installment, right? His yes, he done? fifth, the fifth and final installment for Daniel Craig. This movie was the one that was supposed to come out last April. In fact, this was the first 
major release that was pushed back due to COVID. And it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, uh, eventually coming out this past weekend. Um, I will say, and I don't, this isn't really a spoiler. Uh, I kind of understand why they pushed it back for a few different reasons, but I, one of the, the main storylines in this movie is they're trying to stop a, they, they call it a nanobot, but it's essentially a, um, it's essentially a weaponized virus that um, is like taking out, you know, certain groups of people and things. Um, so I'm like, huh. I haven't really seen a lot of people comments on that, but like, that was my initial reaction. Like, Oh, well maybe this is why they didn't, they waited till October of 2021 to release this um, wow. just because it seemed a little too timely. Um, but yeah, so the story with, with the Daniel Craig, James Bond movies, and I know you haven't been a James Bond person. You haven't seen any of these. Daniel Craig has done five James Bond movies. Two of them prior to No Time to Die were really good. Like some of the best James Bond movies ever. Skyfall is, in my opinion, one of the best movies of the last 15 years. And Casino Royale was also very good. However, two of the other the other two movies were both pretty bad. Um, Quantum of Solace was terrible. Spectre was pretty bad. Um, and then this one was closer to the better two. I'm not going to say it was better than Casino Royale or Skyfall. Uh, but it was definitely leaps and bounds better than the other two. Uh, it was a it was a fitting end, a great way to to close out Daniel Craig's chapter. He's been the longest running James Bond um, in terms oh. of number of years uh, that's ever been in the role. He's like the sixth or seventh actor that's played it. Um, so it, it was a, it was a nice way to end that movie, to end his run. Um, great cast. I mean, as always, they're, they're fun movies. I, as I said, I know you haven't seen these. We talked about this last week, um, but they're just a fun time. Um, what I wasn't prepared for is that I really wish I would have revisited some of these other ones again, because James Bond movies I enjoy, but other than Skyfall, I don't think I've watched any of the other ones more than once. So I wish I would have at least rewatched Spectre, which is the one that came out. Uh, well, at this point, it's been like five years, but the most recent one. Um, because it really, this was like a Spectre part two, basically. And I wasn't really prepared for that. So going into it, I was kind of confused on some stuff just as, because it's been a while and that movie just wasn't very good. Um, but either way, it was, it was a great movie. I was really happy with it. Um, really pleased with, with what they did with that. I gave it four stars. Um, I, I think it's certainly one of, one of the better ones they've done. And as I said, a very fitting way for him, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's no time to die. The newest James Bond movie and my total for the year is up to 31. If you're counting at home. Um, so yeah, Craig, how was your week w- well, reality trash TV? That was my, oh, um, you have a question. Yeah. Uh, I told you last week that I don't think I've ever seen a James Bond movie. So could I go to see this and know what's happening or do you need to see character development from see james bond historically they don't really run together okay they're really historically standalone movies however the the craig movies really have had a storyline and and over a theme i mean they really they really have gone together and this one you could go into it blind and still enjoy it but a lot of the story really ties into Spectre, especially Um, if I were you, I would just, I I know you talked about it last week. Um, I would just watch the Craig ones, watch the Daniel Craig ones. As I said, two of them aren't very good, but the other three are pretty darn good movies. I think you'd really enjoy them. 
Um, they're all, you know, more modern. The first one was, you know, mid two thousands. Um, so if you, if, if you're a first timer, are they the best James Bond movies? I mean, a couple of them might be, um, you know, I, I don't have a great relationship with like the Pierce Brosnan ones. I think I have more of a relationship with the video games than I do the movies themselves. That's what I was going to say. My uh, is one of the greatest video games of all time. And I played that. Yeah. Oh my God. So much on the N64. So I have more relationship with that than I do anything else. Um, And the Madonna song die another day. I'll never forget that song. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, other than that, yeah, if I were you, I would just, I would watch the five Daniel Craig ones. I think you'd enjoy them. Um, Don't expect two of them to be um, anything special, but they all tie together. So I would watch those, just watch them all at some point. And uh, I think you'd enjoy them. So cool. Cool. Yeah. How about your week in reality trash TV? You have any updates so, for us? I want to I hear, was, hear your thoughts on the mask singer. I was just thinking last night while we were while I was watching football and all that. I was like, it's weird not having four episodes of Big Brother to get yeah. caught up on. <laughs> yeah, at some yeah. point during the week. Yeah. Um, Survivor had just kind of one storyline this week. We finally had some people finding idols and advantages. Um, his name was Brad. He's like a, a farmer from Montana who the first week you just knew didn't know how to play the game because in front of his whole tribe, he was like, well, I'm voting for either you or you to their face. <laughs> We're like, dude, what are you doing? I've seen um, some big brother players that do that shit too. So he found the beware advantage that Xander had found on the other tribe. Remember I said that someone from each tribe had to find their own and then say the the phrase before it was activated. So he found the one that Xander found. And so he said his phrase at tribal or at the challenge, Xander said his phrase, but no one from the other tribe said their phrase. So he couldn't, his team ended up losing Brad's team. So he couldn't vote. He also found something else that required him to get on a boat in the middle of the night and if he didn't, he would lose his vote. So he got on, and so did someone else from each of the other tribes. They could pick either a tarp or steal a vote. But much like the other thing, if everyone picked to steal a vote, they all lost their vote. If everyone picked the tarp, they all got a tarp. He was the only one to pick steal a vote. The other two picked tarp, so he got to steal a vote. And then he also found another advantage. So he had three advantages that he found in the single episode. Well, his tribe lost the challenge. He did not have a vote and he didn't have an idol that worked. So guess who they voted out? Him <laughs> with all three in his pocket. Um, he was blindsided. He thought that he was on the good end of the vote. So now all three of those I'm assuming are out of play. I don't know if they are going to put them back in, in the Island for others to find or whatnot, but he got voted out. I liked him, didn't think there was any chance he was going to win. So my top people don't really change whatsoever. Um, so that was Survivor. That was really the only storyline this week because there was so much action around that and all that. Um, the Mass Singer only, um, it was the group A people. So Skunk Bull and Hamster. Skunk Bull, Hamster Baby, and they introduced a new one, Pepper. She's really freaking good. <laughs> no idea who it is, but her voice is awesome. Um, 
baby was unveiled. Didn't have a good guess. Vin Diesel was thrown around. I don't even remember who the judges guessed. Um, like in his packages and clues and stuff, he had an Australian accent. And then he came out and the song he sang was the Flintstones theme song. So everyone's kind of like, well, what, is, what is happening? <laughs> who is this? Like, I need to watch this video. <laughs> has to be a comedian. And it was, spoiler alert, it was Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, I do know no one guessed him. You need to do me a favor. And when you, when you see some of the good ones like these, send me the link or just okay. text me and say watch this because i do like to watch some of them i just don't watch the show on okay. as a whole but yeah. some of the good ones some of the good ones yeah send me either send me a link or tell me the one to look up and i'll i'll definitely watch yeah. them because uh, the the new one the pepper a couple of the clues were like social media tiktok related and like they had like a viral moment this uh, this year so i think they said like olivia rodrigo um, cause there was like a driver's license clue, um, in there. I, but I don't know if it, if it's her or not. Um, I've changed a couple of my other ones, the skunk who we thought might be Mary J. Blige. I've changed to Taraji P. Henson hmm. cause there was a cookie clue and she said empire in the clue. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not, I'm not as into it this year as I have been probably cause I can't guess any of them. Right. Like I normally get a one or two but but yeah but the tv that i want to talk about i just oh. finished it today ted lasso yes <laughs> forgot about this yes i watched yes. the finale yes. today yes great and what a yeah yeah young young <laughs> young children grandmas and grandpas cover your ears fuck nate man <laughs> like yeah he was such a lovable character yeah yeah. And he is a piece of garbage. Yeah. They uh spoiler I, alert. So I read this sorry for those that don't haven't watched. I think I mean we were it was trending that direction. Um yeah, I so I had read or heard at some point Jason Sudeikis had referred to um uh he referred to this season as I want to make sure I get the right one. This he said this was the Empire Strikes Back season. Are you a Star Wars person? Have you? I've have seen you? them. I've okay. seen. The, I've seen the original three and the most recent three. Okay, so I skipped the prequels. Yeah, you didn't miss much. The point is, he had referred to this season as the Empire Strikes Back, and everybody was trying to interpret this like, what does he mean by this? Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely. I mean it. I think it's I don't know that that's totally accurate I think it's less of a Vader thing I think he's definitely more of an Anakin I think it's more of an Anakin Skywalker thing which is a prequel more so um (laughs) but uh yeah it's there's definitely some Star Wars tie-ins to this like that was the whole Nate storyline it's it's clear like that's seriously something they were going for so I love Ted Lasso I did not love the finale uh for more things than just the Nate thing the Nate yeah. thing, as much as I hate it, that his interaction with Ted was was good. I think that mm-hmm. was a that was a good scene. I just I didn't love the rest of the episode. Not so much the things that they did, but how they did them. 
I thought that the, I, I, though I did laugh, I thought that the blow up of Sam Richardson's character. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was like way too over the top and ridiculous. Sure. I yeah. laughed, but I don't know. And then at the end, the way they just jumped like this many weeks and this many days and like, they did it like three or four times. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was fine. I love the show. Um, I don't have an issue with, with the Nate thing. Yes. It pisses me off, but like, whatever. Um, but like, just, I don't know. I just didn't love this, the finale, but either way, it'll be several months now, at least until we get uh, another season of, of Ted Lasso. So I I'm glad you finally got on board though. Yeah. Hell yeah. I didn't necessarily like the Sam Rebecca yeah, storyline. No, I, I wish like, I wish they would have picked someone else for her to connect with on the dating yeah. app, like, like Ted or. Yeah. Well, I thought that's where it was Or maybe, going. or maybe Jamie, that yeah. would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I did thought, not like, I thought it thing. was, I love, I thought I love Sam's Ted. character though. Yeah, I do too. I love Sam's character. I do too. Uh, but yeah, that blow up with, with that character. Uh, yeah. It was, that was weird. Uh, sure. But yeah, I'm glad you're watching that. Um, I'm trying to think TV wise succession. I don't know if you're a succession person that starts again this, this mm-hmm. weekend or next weekend or something. So we watched, pretty excited I've, for that. I've been mean, been meaning to say this for a couple of weeks. Squid I game? Think I'm not, no, I think I might told you clickbait on Netflix. Yeah. You did mention that. Okay. I have not watched okay. that. We watch impeachment on FX, mm. the, Bill Cl- the Bill Clinton. Yeah. The Bill Clinton yep. thing. It's finally getting good. The first four or five episodes were, were a bunch of development of stuff. Um, uh, Monica Lewinsky is a producer on it. So I yeah. take, I take that it's pretty authentic. It makes her look crazy. At least from her side of the story. <laughs> I mean, she makes herself yeah. look crazy in this yeah. about how obsessed she was with Bill Clinton, but it's pretty good. It keeps us interested, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss Ted Lasso for the next couple months until I turn into him here in about 18 days. Yeah. Got your yeah. AFC Richmond Jersey. Not a Jersey. I got a sweater though. <laughs> you got an AFC Richmond one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, you've literally just started watching the show and now you were I know. Just like, I, it probably took all me in. three weeks, probably three or four wow. weeks to, to get all the way through it. I will say this. Ted Lasso came into the world at the right time. Yeah. This was a show that started last year where everybody, everybody needed, needed a smile. And Ted Lasso provided that this season has been less of a smile. Um, There's definitely still happy moments. um, But yeah, yeah, it was definitely a a deeper, darker season, um, which doesn't make it bad TV. I know there's been a lot of people that have been critical about it for a lot of reasons. I'm not really one of those people um, as I, I mean, I didn't love the finale, but I, been fine with the rest of it um but yeah this the shows came out at a time where the world really needed happiness um it kind of it kind of took the baton from schitt's creek uh and the yeah. happy happy sitcom thing yeah. and just kind of took over so uh, yeah, i well, love brett gold brett goldstein i've been watching every interview he's done the guy that plays roy kent um he's just oh yeah he's just great there's yeah. a video there's a video online that i found a few weeks ago of him doing all of the songs clips bits from all of the songs from a muppet christmas carol and like a care on like a karaoke stage it was fantastic (laughs) oh my goodness yeah uh but yeah i love ted lasso love the show not only did it come into like you said came we got it at the right time for a laugh but this season two tackled like some some mental like mental health things like they all see a psychiatrist or like a therapist and uh, a counselor and Ted has a, has a breakdown and all that. Yep. And that's, that's 
stuff that is starting, like people are starting to speak out about, you know, take care of your mental health. And so it's timed perfectly with, you know, Ted goes through this and a lot of people in the world are going through it as well. So not a couple, couple of ways that it's very well timed for their release. I will ask you this before we go as a former journalist, uh, what was your reaction <laughs> when Trent Krim, uh, not only told, I mean, obviously telling Ted that the story was going to run is one thing, but revealing his source to Ted, uh, for the story. Cause I know a lot of people were upset now they kind of, they kind of fixed it in the finale episode, but what were your thoughts is that on that as a former journalist, were you like, but hurt about it by like a lot of the world was, or did you not even think about it? I honestly didn't even think about it. Um, maybe because I never like broke a story like that, or I never really had anonymous sources that were giving me those kinds of things. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like when a source like that is so close to the, the subject of the story, like he's his right hand man. Yeah. Like that's pretty dirty for it to be yeah. coming from them. So I think it was probably overall, probably a, I'm probably happy that Trent Krim said that that way, that way Ted could get rid of Nate and get him out from under there before something else happened. So, right. so yeah, but I, I honestly hadn't thought about that probably just cause I never, like I said, never really had anonymous sources. <laughs> well, I know that a lot of journalists were had some things to say, but I saw that too. either yeah. way. Either way, they kind of resolved it in the finale. So, Craig, we are at a mid an hour and fifteen minutes. It's pretty the good. The last two episodes have been like two hours plus. So it's we're going to shut it down here for for the first time in a while. We're at a reasonable length. So uh, we're going to shut it down. Any last final thoughts, Craig? Before we before we go home, blue start this week home, too. Go, go Blues! Go Blues! Go Blues! ESPN coverage now for the NHL. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much you, I'm going to be able to watch. This I'm just hockey make me think about this, and you don't know this person, uh, but my boy Mike Monaco, who went to went to Notre Dame, did some stuff with the South Bend Cubs, working his way up in the play by play ranks. He's been doing stuff for ESPN and um, for the Red Sox, and he's done stuff. Oh, Lightning, hope I don't lose power. Um, but now he's also going to be doing Blackhawks games this year. And he's done some bull stuff. It's just cool to see him. I totally random, but just the hockey thing made me think about that, but I'm sure he's not listening to this, but shout out Mike Monaco. Yes. Craig show. One more thing. Okay. Rest in peace to the Southern Illinois miners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a sad story. Uh, It sounds like there still might be some life. Like the, yeah, the, I think the, the prospect might come back, but I think the prospect league is is certainly an op- option. Um, I think they would probably love to have, have them that league continuously expand. I I love the Danville Dance. They will always be. I will always have a spot in my heart. I just I don't know that league just continues to grow around them, and I I don't know. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but there's yeah. These are some bigger operations that are coming into this league. And it just seems like Danville's getting overshadowed, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think I thought about this. I think I may have went to one minors game in my yeah. five years in Carbondale. Uh, I was never there in the summertime. I, had I been there over the summer, I would have probably gone to a lot of games, but I was never there in the summer. So um, I think it was summer of 2008. I don't remember the exact year, but um, our Peneville high school baseball team got, either second or third in state. Cause we got second, my junior year, third, my senior year. It was one of those two summers. Are you bragging? 
they well they asked the team to go like get honored and take bring the trophy and all that stuff i didn't play but i was like all right i'll go it's pinkneyville a bunch of my friends i'll go guess who was pitching for the southern illinois miners the night the, the day that we went to that game uh you will who, never guess you will no never i i guess. do i do know i do know because i think it was tanner rourke nope okay maybe not who is it one danny almonte Danny Almonte. Oh man. Was he 25 or 35 at the time? I'm going to look up the year. Cause it's, okay. it's on here. <laughs> Danny Almonte. That's a good he one. He played for the Southern 2007. Yep. He played I, for the Southern I, Illinois Miners okay. in 2007. And he was okay. starting. He started like five games and had like an 8.5 ERA and they cut him. All right. So wow. that's my All minor right. story. RIP Southern <laughs> Illinois Miners. Hopefully, maybe. uh hopefully, yeah, maybe. Maybe somebody picks them up, but they are no longer going to be a Frontier League team. So, um shout out to my fantasy team for losing the second or third straight receiver and my season is probably down the drain. I think that's going to do it for us. Um <laughs> don't forget chapters in the description at this point if you've already made it this far. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Uh follow us, share us, like us, subscribe. Uh he's at Craig W. Choate. I'm at the Logan Lee. We're at No One Asked Us Pod. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. For Craig Choate, I'm Logan Lee. We will see you next week. Don't forget to watch Muppets Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus. And there's 73 days till Christmas. Peace.